Vic Aylerud, good morning, my friend. How are you? What's up, Galter? How are you, brother? Yeah, man, this handling technical difficulties, but it's uh, it's good now. You are a killer. You're a champion. You've been you've been slaying it in the real estate space for years. Uh, you've been uh -huh. around a little longer than me, and you've amassed a lot more than me. So it's great to learn from people like you who are ahead, but you're in my market. You're not too far away. Um, where did you get started? How did you get started in real estate? <laughs> you jumped right into this, brother. I like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, I'm like talking to you, but I'm also trying to fix my tech issues here alone. So I'm like working back and forth, fixing tech. So um, th thanks, man, for having me on. Yeah, uh, I, uh, what would you say? How did I get started? I mean, that's, that's boring, right? Everybody knows that. I lost a uh, board game called Risk, Game of Global Domination. You're aware yeah. of that Risk game? Galtier? I didn't know. No, I, I don't know. I love risk. Get but. out. It's the, um, <laughs> it's the monopoly version for real estate investors. What risk is to politics majors, right? Yep. So like, oh, risk you know, I love, I've, I've played the game a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I get that one. Yep. Yeah, there it is. So, you know, lost that game and I just basically turned on TV. It was two 30 in the morning. My buddies were still playing over there on the table and I saw my first infomercial on, uh, on TV and it was, uh, it, you know, buy real estate pennies on the dollar. And I was very excited about that, but not really. I was basically just doing anything to take my mind off of losing the game. So right. as a joke, I called up using, um, uh, using my cell to 230, paid 50 bucks for a binder and all my buddies were laughing at me, right? Cause that's what, that's what was happening. So, um, and I'll be quick with that story. I mean, you, I know you personally have heard the story before, so I'll be quick for your residents there. Um, we, Went through that. It was a binder of real estate. I read through it and said, if you're serious about real estate, call this 800 number. I guess I'm serious. So I called the 800 number and the best salesperson in the world talked me into my very first $6,000 over the phone boot camp. Wow. And yes. <laughs> yes. Three credit cards, put them together. I was, you know, fresh out of college uh, with, you know, no future with a politics degree. And I was a banker in Boston. So decided to go for it. And uh, learned a lot. It didn't teach me how to execute until later. What it did teach me, though, it got me to read the book, which I'm sure you yeah. and your listeners have already all read, which was the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, right? Yeah. So absolutely. that was the first uh, exposure I had to Kiyosaki in that book. And then that changed my whole way of thinking, my whole way of life. And um, I mean, I, I can speed through uh, the bumps and bruises from there. But there were, uh, there were many. You've heard a few of them yourselves personally. I'm happy to share with your listeners if they want to hear it, but otherwise, I don't want to bore people. I, I ended up, my first five deals in real estate um, left me with $400,000 in the hole. Uh, went from a credit score of about 800 down to about 350, which does happen. 10 loans reporting bad on your credit. It was a bad partnership out of state that involved some fraudulent activity that I was a victim of. But in the end, I realized that I was only a victim of myself, right? Not doing enough due diligence, not... Um, setting myself up to succeed, not knowing what I didn't know, uh, or and not admitting I didn't know what I didn't know. So I had to restart in real estate after those first five horrible, horrible deals and being in a really bad place for six to eight months with collections calls and never filed bankruptcy, but I started restarted wholesaling. Those five deals were all out of state too. It was an out of state partner and essentially restarted in the Somerville, Cambridge, Market found a guy at one of the real estate meetups. Uh, back then, they were called RIAs, um, yep. and he was condoing three families, Somerville and Cambridge. And I met him at one of those networking groups. I was kind of embarrassed of my past and where I just come through with you know uh, four short sales and a foreclosure on my on my report. And um, 
he said, this is what I'm looking for. You want to go hustle for me when you're not working nights and weekends, go all to it. So nights and weekends, I finally got my phone back out, started hustling on the phone and knocking on doors, talking to a lot of tents and just uh, getting contracts signed and then flipping the contracts to this gentleman who taught me kind of what he looked for for his buy box. He then got me involved with uh, his construction crew and I got to learn more about his uh, how to estimate construction. And uh, eight months later, I had enough to do a down payment on my first three family, my own three family triple decker where I was able to get a hard money loan, my first one, uh, realizing that you could then do real estate without credit because that's all I could do. Right. And uh, I broke even. <laughs> I broke even on that first deal in Somerville and that was the biggest win I ever had. And while I still worked at the bank full time for like another year and a half, um, I never looked back. Right. So 350 rehabs later and um, just, we had our, I think the biggest thing was just getting our rules together, getting our systems and procedures and buy boxes and criteria. And then I couldn't afford to lose any money. So it's like, how do I do this? So I can't lose money. Like how do I trick myself into just not being able to lose any more money and, it's been successful. We've kind of stayed to those same rules for you know the last 18 years. So it's been good. Yeah. I love that, Nick. So your, your story is a story of fail, fail, fail. When you think it can't get worse, it gets worse. And then <laughs> because it got so bad, <laughs> it couldn't get any worse. You actually did find the bottom in real estate. And then you were able to build up from that point. So many systems and structures in place where you, now in 18 years, you've done 350 deals. Those are flips typically, right? You're, are you holding some of this now or are you typically bur turning and burning a lot of these? Yeah, our strategies all changed when we started. So I was a, always a rehabber first, right? Yeah. And then I got into, well, it was a wholesaler first, but then I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm graduating out of this wholesale business. I'm going to be a rehabber. And yeah. I was a rehabber for years and years and years until I realized there was a whole bunch of deals that I was leaving on the table because let's say I didn't have the cash to take them all down or to do the rehabs on all of them. So reestablished, you know, a wholesale business back in 2010 um, and started wholesaling again. And then I didn't have good credit. So I couldn't actually hold rentals long-term until maybe 2013 and 14 when all those stuff finally fell off my credit report. Right. Yep. So um, that was I would be perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. Perfect time I guess. Longer. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. I was still scared though. I, I ended up buying a, a little, a bunch of little rentals out in like Western Pennsylvania while my credit wasn't good because I could buy everything cash, right? right? You buy a property out there for like 15, 20 grand, put 15 into it and you can rent it 500 bucks a month. It's not a great model, but it was all I could do. Right. Um, so I started amassing some small rentals and from there just started building a, what I now turned out it was a property management system um, yeah. and sort of tested it on my own portfolio and, Finally brought that back to, you know, to greater Boston and New Hampshire. And so it's little by little. Now we do all the strategies, just like you, we, you know, buy and hold, buy and fix and flip, buy and wholesale, um, whatever makes money and build strategy, builds wealth for us and for the team. Right. Right. And I, I love that you, you just said for the team. So how is your team integral in all this? Cause obviously you're, you're doing out of state, you're doing it locally, you're doing fixes, you're doing rent rentals. Now you're doing property management. Uh, how, how important is your team? How big is the team getting? Where do you see it going? Oh, man. Well, so it's funny. That kind of puts in a little on a passion note, right? I did not know how to scale this business. I thought I knew, but I didn't really know how to scale this business until maybe three years ago. Um, it took me that long before I stopped thinking of myself as like a, a two and three person operation 
to then realizing right what a team can do and what it, what you, to leverage other people and and really how my role would change like i was no longer really talking to the sellers anymore i was no longer trying to make the deals happen i was there to try to support and motivate um that was a whole new change i know you have a you know your you and your teams like you've got your stuff figured out i'm still figuring it out every day but um i'm still figuring it out every day <laughs> <laughs> But you just yeah. nailed it, right? Like this, this team, they now are pushing me, right? On a day-to-day -day basis. Like I, I am now holding myself to a higher standard because it's not just me in the loop anymore. Now I'm kind of overseeing the well-being of a bunch of people. And while we're all responsible for our own success, I, I make sure that I'm, I'm there to support. I'm there to motivate. I'm there to share with them kind of where their mindset's supposed to be at and whatever I can do to help support them, the better. And it is all about the team now. If anyone joins us, you know, the moment we see it. It's okay. People can do this as a solopreneur, right? But the moment we start to see that glimmer, like, you know, I'm just going to go start off and do this on my own. We're like, that's good. Like, go for it. We support you. But you know, you're not this, we're a team here. Like you can't really, you don't belong here with us, but you can do it on your own, you know? So go for right. it. So what, what is the team? What, what people are you looking to attract to team? Cause I know you, you guys are growing. Are you looking for agents? Are you looking for contractors, property managers, more private capital? What is your, your big focus right now? Who are you looking for? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> same as all of us, right? We're all looking for same, all of those. Same as all. Well, well, and similar to you, it's funny because the struggles, like we've got, we've got a bunch of capital. We've got, you know, we're, we're always looking to build our agent team, you know, like a lot of people, but we, we're just kind of, we're looking for people that can come in and embrace the core values that we have as a company, right? We have four very, very strong core values, right? We have integrity, we have service, we have teamwork and impact. Four, we, and everything we do, everything we talk about, everything we lead from is from those four principles. So we're very picky about who kind of joins us at this point. And we've learned a lot of lessons about culture and keeping the right people together. And, and even if someone's a star and a, and a hunter and a killer on a salesperson side, they might not be the best for the team itself, right? So we learned a lot of lessons as we go. And, and even now we are very much always growing and recruiting and, and talking to people, but it's, we're very, very, very selective. And we have, um, you asked how the team set up. We do have a property management company and a property management arm. So we are, uh, we're looking constantly for like certain pods of property managers that are willing to kind of work with our systems that we have set up. We have um, our real estate firm. We have about uh, 40 agents now, and uh, we're looking to very slowly grow that, but again, strategically with the right people. Um, and we have our home buyer team. Our home buyer team is, you know, we've got a, a couple of uh, callers that just help and, and hit the phones all day. We've got a couple of acquisition specialists, um, uh, John and Dickens, and they're, they're just out there meeting with the sellers and trying to get things, uh, get things signed based on our training, right, that we've trained them to do. And then we have, you know, a, a lead specialist that sort of works with the, all those people, um, solution specialist that helps craft the perfect solutions for the acquisition specialist to then go out and, and try to craft. So, it's, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty solid. And then it's just like people in process, right? Like my, my two challenges are not necessarily like, Oh, this deal's falling apart. I got to get that done. Now my problem, now my issues every day are like, how can I find, you know, good people to, to, to work with me on this? And what do I need to do to be a better leader to attract those people? Whole different mindset than I ever would have been three years ago. Like, so I'll take notes from you, man. Whoever wants to share notes with me on leadership and team building, I'm, I'm all in. I love that, Nick. And, and, some of the conversations we've had, because you're not just um, uh, an investor, you're not just a, a team leader and builder, you also do a lot of free education, you give a lot away at Black Diamond, uh, which is a group that you 
either built or helped build with Ambarabi in two massive locations. I think if you're not the biggest, you're the second biggest, but I'm pretty sure you're the biggest real estate investment group in Massachusetts. Is that, is that safe to say? We, we don't count us by our, by our size, Galter, but I appreciate your kind words. Um, so every time I go there, you guys deliver a ton of value. And for me as a networker, I find a ton of people in the room. So I'll say that it's the biggest that I've been to. Uh, and so, yes, you've done a great job building that and attracting a, a phenomenal group of people. Do you offer coaching? Is that something that you offer or is that something that people, it's exclusive? You have to be in the company to get access to. Gotcha. Um, depending on the type of coaching. So first of all, thank you on your kind words with Black Diamond. It, took, it was a labor of love. I mean, obviously no one's ever, we, we didn't do it with the intent of making money. We did it with the intent of bringing solid people together in a room. And that's exactly what you just shared with me, which means, means the world. We, would, we were quality over quantity. So even yep. if we only had 25 people in that room, if everyone was of a certain caliber, right, we, we did our job and people were making deals to happen together. Um, on the coaching side, so we, there's different kinds of coaching. We do have, I mean, I, I don't know I'm, if I'm willing, if I'm sharing it with your listeners or not, um, but we yep. do have, you know, something called the complete deal flow system, which is how I started in wholesaling. And that itself is a course that I really crafted. It was just my own rules and how I was working with sellers and how I was buying and how I did assignments and how I did back-to-back -back closings and the trust assignments. Like all the stuff I was learning as I went through, you know, in uh, 07 to 2014, 15, really, we put it all together in one big program. Really for me, it was my systems and procedures and my marketing pieces and my contracts. But then, well, like, you know something? If we can attract better people, right? And maybe work, do more deals, Let's teach other people how to do this. And right. I was mad at someone, maybe how you were mad at the people who were charging not just 6,000, but 10,000, 20,000, 40 and $50,000 for like annual coaching. And they weren't even from here, right? They're from California right. or Florida or Texas and like the nice sunny states that were all pissed, you know, mad, mad that we're not there. So I'm like, <laughs> how do we, how do we do this and not have to charge a bunch of money for it? So we just basically put this program together and I do feel that people have to pay for something or else it doesn't have any value. So we, we put it out there, you know, for like 500 bucks and all it was, was for people to get access to our entire system. Uh, and the goal was to hopefully have some people find a couple deals, whether they wholesale them to us, that would be preferable. If they wholesale them to anybody else, that's also great because they're making money and changing their future. So that's yeah. the beginning. That's like our base level of coaching. People just get access to that online. Uh, course at the 500 and then after that we do have like more intermediate and advanced stuff but we didn't really sell that it's whoever's ready for it at the time what is the easiest way for somebody to get that online course somebody was interested how could they jump on it and grab that today uh what's is what's the link to that sure oh thanks man it's a complete deal it's uh sorry it was the complete deal system.com but that's now a big mess people go in there we haven't market we have eight marketing <laughs> managers trying to fight themselves over what they're doing with that but um they can go to uh shut up and do it dot biz shut up and do it dot biz to get access to the online tutorial um and there's a facebook accountability group and you know they get access to monthly calls and all that stuff lifetime access to all that stuff nice yeah i love it man i love what you're doing uh nick you're you're one of those guys in our market who to see to see what you've gone through to see what you're building to see your vision see where you're going it's great to have people like that here in massachusetts you know it, we do a lot of interviews and it's, you know, the guy in Florida, I love him. I love the guy in California. I love the guy in Texas, but to see it here in our market, it's like, dude, like we got hustlers right here, building up Massachusetts, making it a better place to invest, a better place to live. 
Um, do you, I don't know if you want to, but can you talk a little bit about the, the big project you were working on um, recently? I think it was in Belrica. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so we have, yeah, we have two, uh, I'll happy to talk about whatever you want me to talk about. Belrica is, uh, so my new role by being a, a leader to the team though, and, and a uh, motivator aside my you know business partner and COO, Matt, um, I've also been focused on a lot of commercial stuff. And one of the commercial uh, projects we're working on is a 24-unit um, condo development in Billerica, Mass, with a restaurant. Uh, and it formerly had an office and retail component, too. But uh, we've now changed all that for in, ex in exchange for more underground parking, which is what people want. So <laughs> <laughs> Much better. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. And everybody was right. So we have a restaurant. Um, it'll be, I'm passionate about that because Bill Rick, I grew up there and it is um, a great town to grow up in. It, you know, has its talent challenges like every other town. You can relate to that as being a champion, you know, for Fall River where you guys are. But um, I, it never, it had good restaurants, but it never had like a date night quality restaurant. Yeah. And everyone would go to Burlington, Mass around here or Nashville, New Hampshire or Chelmsford, Mass, like places around here. And this was like my opportunity to kind of leave an imprint. And I came in and I said, I'm going to hunt down. There's like five restaurateurs. I want one of them in this space. And I literally went and hunted down people and said, I've got a space for you. I'm willing to do whatever incentives, you know, that still make sense that you're willing to do. Like, just need you to take a chance on this town. Like, take a chance on it. And awesome. so far, we were, we were doing great. We're still doing okay. But then COVID happened. So yeah. <laughs> waiting to see. We didn't see what commitments uh, stand by after post COVID, but we're still going to planning board. I think June for hopefully uh, our last, it's been a year and a half long process to try to get this thing approved. It's the first mixed use development in Bill Ricca. So um, working towards it. We'll see. Yeah. I love it. So Nick, it's you're, you're like me, you love your city, you love your town and you grew up there. You want to see it better. And you've, I'm sure you've faced some, and I've seen some of the posts, right? There's some bit, been some negative negativity from the locals and, you're just pushing past it. You're ignoring the, the naysayers and saying, you know what? I know this is better for the city. I grew up here. I want to put something good into my town. And so you're doing it regardless. What is the total cost on this project right now estimated? What are you looking at as a total cost? And what are you thinking the ARV will be at the end of this project? So obviously you're a real estate investor. You don't just do it for fun. Like you're doing this to, to profit on some level. What is the big play on this? You got it. Well, uh, honestly, the returns right have gotten smaller and smaller, and I had to be either okay with that or not, based on my passion of leaving an imprint in the town. Yep. So um, uh, that said, you know, numbers are. I'm happy to share the numbers. Uh, they're they're not quite public yet because of planning board <laughs> next month. Um, but I will I will say that you know we're looking at um, hard costs of um, over 12 million dollars to put this thing together. Wow. And um, we're just trying to, uh, that's, I think that's hard and soft cost. I think that's all, that's our all in is over 12 million plus our, you know, we have a purchase price there. And right now I'm into it for about 200,000. Um, and we don't, we don't, yeah. And this, it's, yeah. it's a risk, right? It's a risk. It was my risk. I took it. I, I was willing to take it. And um, if it gets to the point of approval, we'll then at that point, see if it's investment worthy and open it up. But for right now, uh, just, just my, just my little humble project I'm working on. I love it. And so to stay away from SEC concerns, we're not going to talk about the product of raising capital. So perfect. Product. Right. I love the way you handle that. You're like, yeah, I can't do any of that, but uh, this is the product you're building and you're, why you're doing it. That's awesome. Uh, so Nick, you're building, you're building a real estate team and you're, you're building a company around 
uh, growth. And it, it seems like we're, we're in the same mindset of, hey, look, you know, just help other people do better and you do better. Uh, what brought you to that? Because you said three years ago you weren't there. What was the big change in your life that made you say, whoa, this is easier than I thought. And all I have to do is this one thing. So funny you said that. There's two, there's two things that really come to mind. The first, when all the doors opened to me, I was very, very, very embarrassed and very tight-lipped about my start in real estate, right? Yeah. Like I didn't want anybody to know what I'd gone through. I didn't know people, want people to know the credit challenges and the money and like the depression and like the terrible emotional state that I was in. Yeah. And I forget, I think it was 09, which was the very first time I, uh, someone suggested I open up about it and talk about it at one of those real estate meetups. And I don't know why it was really hard. I got emotional. Uh, it was a really tough thing to talk about. And, but after talking about it, like that day, three people showed up like, you know, Hey, I, you know, is there a way we can work together? I really love your integrity. And then another person said, I've got some, some money to invest. Like, do you do anything like that? And I was it's like, no, I don't know any of this. And I can't believe you're approaching me with, you know, I just, I just, I just effed up royally. And here you right. are like trying to, you know, align with me. So that was the first big open, like, where I got, I guess I let my heart release. And since then I've, you know, been just vulnerable at everything. We're very transparent. Like every time we have a screw up or I screw up, I let everybody know about it. And people like my screw ups more than they like our achievements. Right. <laughs> but, um, that was the yeah. first one. And the, and the second one was, um, it was at 2011 ish when we were putting together all the, the deal flow systems, the complete deal flow system. And I started realizing that, you know, I, I could, I could sell this for a whole bunch of money and, and try to make money on sales. But why, like, why not just put this money and put this out there and try to, you know, if people can make an extra 30 to 40 to 50 grand on this and I get either 500 bucks of that, but more so if I can get two deals out of it, I mean, so it, it didn't start from a place of selflessness. Like it really didn't like it was selfish, but not like I want to make money off this person. It was selfish. Like I want this person to do deals, but bring those deals to me. And right. from that, uh, like just being real, like I wasn't like selfless, like from there, I'm like, Oh shit. Like I, sorry, swore on your podcast. Um, no, I love it. You can say whatever you want, Nick. This is like uh, the Howard Stern show. <laughs> We're in our you know, freaking living rooms, man. <laughs> gotcha. That's true. That's true. It, it was from that belief and years later that did show me like I could just, you know, right. I can now spend three hours with somebody just like you, right. Give them, give them all the systems, give them all the procedures, give, the, give them everything they need. And if they can take two or three nuggets out of that and better themselves, they'll hopefully remember me for it. And if they don't, that's okay too. Cause I can, I had an impact fourth core value on their life. And that's all that really matters is again, living by those values. So I'm like way in a different place than I was 10, 15 or even five years ago. So thanks for asking yeah. that. I'm just being real. I'm not, I wasn't, I, I, a, you know, <laughs> I love it, man. Cause you know, we've hung out before and, and every time I get to see you, I'm like, Oh, like there he is. Like there's Nick, like the genuine personality that you have, you know? And like, there's so much perception out there that, you know, as real estate investors, people believe that we would be competitive. And it's like, dude, no, like, this is something I can learn from. This is something I can add value to, like Nick or, or Tom or some of the other big names, um, Eric Bowling, just in the state, you know, and these aren't, we're not the biggest investors, but we have the biggest influence in the, in the area. And so when we hang out, it's like, oh man, like this is somebody who's going exact through exactly the same stuff in their local market or, you know, sometimes Tom touches Fall River. He comes down as far as Fall River, New Bedford. And if I can lend a hand, I lend a hand because it's like, yeah, absolutely. This is, you should do this good deal, not a good deal, whatever, because we're all in it together. You know, he got the deal before I did. Perfect. You know, whatever you, you beat me to it. Good for you. And 
Uh, sometimes I, I don't think I've ever beat him out on something. He's willing to pay more than I am. So God bless him, right? <laughs> different buy box, different buy box. Different yep. buy box. Yeah. And so, uh, no, seeing what you've accomplished and where you're going, I want more of that in the world. You know, I want to see more of what you're doing, more entrepreneurs thinking the way you're thinking of giving and, and training and teaching and pushing more of that out there as, as we're growing and expanding. Um, what is the easiest way, if somebody was interested in joining a brokerage, what's the easiest way they could get in touch with you and, and at least qualify? See if they qualify to join uh, your team where you're going. Oh, sure, brother. Thank you. Um, they can just shoot us an email. My whole team uh, checks. Uh, there's an email, info at aapremierproperties.com. And they can also check us out. I mean, we're all over you know, Facebook. Um, trying to be over Instagram. My marketing department's on Instagram. I'm not on Instagram. I'm learning. I know I'm old school. Like now they're on, now they're on TikTok. Who's on yep. TikTok? Are you on TikTok? I'm on TikTok. <laughs> I know you're on TikTok. Belcher's <laughs> on TikTok. That's yeah. awesome. So we're, we're, we're on Facebook. You can check us out AA real estate group or AA premier properties there on Facebook. Um, and yeah, man, we're just, uh, we're looking just like you said. And it's funny you mentioned that. I want to add what you just said. You know, people, we're being in Massachusetts. We do, overlay, right? And we have our own businesses. But just like you mentioned, I used to look at it as fierce competition, but it was almost like the buddy system. You'd show up at a property, right? And they would have like eight of us that we all knew each other, like in line waiting to get in there to see this property. It was funny, right? And we still get that to a point, right? If a wholesaler puts out a property, especially, but yeah, I, I tell everybody, if we're local, we, we can't afford not to be co-opetition. Like we have to work together in order to be better so that if and when a catalyst happens in the economy that pushes out an awful lot of newbie investors that thought they, you know, we're going to come in and make a million dollars, but you know, they didn't have the liquidity to withstand whatever deals that they bought with their buy box. Like if they, like, I'll tell you right now, let's be honest. When COVID happened, we did what I learned to do in 2008, 2009. We immediately shrank our buy boxes down. We got very conservative, which, and what did that mean? We lost almost every deal, every appointment we went on. Because there's always someone there who's going to pay more than us. And we yep. knew that was going to happen. We knew it. But that said, we knew also what the ramifications would be if we went in on a slim deal and then yep. something happened, right? So that said, um, we, we now have opened up even a little bit more because now we have different stats that are feeding us. But yep. at the same time, like, we all have to work together. What is it in your buy box or what's your special skill that your team has that that seller needs over another team that can pay more. And when we really highlight and drill down on what service do we provide, what's our differentiator, right? We're getting now deals that are signing that are much less than offers that they're showing us from national franchise, you know, businesses from, uh, and from other big, bigger players around because we have that differentiator, that small, special thing that they need that they didn't feel heard when other teams and other investors came in there. So I know you have the same thing, but you mentioned, yep. uh, you know, a hot button and we teach this every day to our team. Like we have to live it and teach it and preach it. And only then will our customers, our client, our sellers see that happening, you know? So yep. anyway, good, good point you brought up. Just wanted to bring that up. I love that, man. <laughs> I love that. And it's, it's true. It's we're all team, man. We're all, we're all looking to get by, uh, not get by. We're all looking to thrive. And the communities do better because we play nice together, right? The, the communities themselves, well, like you said, how do you service that client a little better? How do you service the, the community itself? Can you do more with that building than somebody else can do with it? And if you can, like, you know, Tom, in a lot of cases can do more than I do. Then he goes and he 
he overpays, but he puts out a better product. And so I'm, I'm a buy and hold where he's flipping. And so for him, he can do a little more. And I know you guys do, you still do a lot of turns, do a lot of flips. So there's things that you can do in your model that you could pay a little more to do a little more. And so that's okay. And, and you have competitors who, who have the same, you know, they'll, they'll pick up that single family and run it to a higher standard than you will. God bless them, right? Like, you know, if they know the luxury market, do the luxury market or whatever it may be, whatever niche you're taking. You said the buy boxes. Uh, I love that you said it because that's, that's their differentiator. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's markets right around me. I won't touch, right? I do fall New Bedford, but I will not touch Tom. It's, it's right there. The deals are coming through. I pass it to other investors because it just makes sense to stay in my, my arena. And like you said, impact, I impact my city, you know, bigger than the other cities around us. So Nick, I, I love it, man. Like so much. And this is the, every single time I talk to you, it's always fun. There's always some sort of education I get from you. Uh, you're always willing to give and, and you're, you're such a valuable uh, person in our community. So it, it's just a blessing to have you out here with us. Um, if you could go back to, you know, 20 year old, uh, Nick and say to yourself, here's a three piece of advice that to make you super successful in the future. These are the three pieces I want to give you. So this is for anybody listening right now, whether in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, it's never too late, but this is the, the core piece of advice that you would give. What, what are those? You might've heard a couple of these before Galtzer, but I have a few of them lined up. Um, <laughs> failure is not an option. Failure is necessary. That's one of them. And, you know, you're going to have the only way to grow is to go through the shit. The only way to grow is to go through the shit. So, I, I mean, God bless you if you're an investor and you've been riding the wave of this market cycle for the last, you know, eight, nine, ten years. And you've done nothing but make tons of money because the market's helped you and you've gotten your craft down too. Like, God bless you. But like, you don't, you still won't, you won't be as, as prepared as people are who know what's coming, who know what migrant cycles are that have happened since the 1800s, what's going to happen. And you can still, you need to, like, you need to know how to make money at the top of the market. You know how to make money at the bottom of the market, but either way in between, you have to still know how to impact people, even if the money's not there, because that's how the money will be there once it's time to settles in. So failure is not an, is not, not an option. It's necessary is one of them. Yeah. Second one I've learned is um, you have to let go to make room for more and for growth. Yep. So lots, and that's lots of things, right? Lots of things, relationships, deals. Uh, they call them, a friend of mine, Frank Kava calls them sacred cows, right? So the deal that you have that you think is still good, is gonna be the big home run, it's gonna make you a million bucks, but then something happens in the market. Um, the deal can still make you a million bucks, but what's more important right now, holding out and, and that risk factor or just liquidating and get rid of stuff now to know that better deals might, uh, might be coming, right? Like, and that, but that's relationships, that's inventory, that's team members that are maybe poisoning. Uh, it's lots of things. Let go to make room for more. And we just love to hold on to that, right? We love the comfort zone of holding on to, and sometimes what we're holding on to is like this venomous viper pit like thing, but we don't even know. Like we're just, we're petting it. We're like, yeah, this is good stuff. I don't want to let it go because I don't know what's next. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, one of my coaches taught me that and it was, it was, it was tremendous. Um, and what would be the third? Let's see. Those are the two big ones. Um, and notice their own mindset, right? They're not even real estate related. Um, and then the third one. All right. I'll say the third one, right? You wake up. It's, 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 you, you stayed up late the night before you maybe had a few bourbons, a couple gin and tonics and you wake up and your normal routine is you have to get up and you have to do 30 minutes of sweating. You do a meditation or you do some journaling 
and you know you have to get your day started. But you know what? Your body doesn't want to get up. And your brain, there's a, a, a mind in there that is constantly fighting your better self. And this is the whole reason. Before I, I, I kind of journaled on that and kind of made it to what I know what it is today, which is literally a version of yourself that's doing its best to, to hold you back from becoming the better version of yourself. Before I had any of that journaled out, I answered that with a single tagline right there. Shut up and do it. <laughs> Every single morning. I did that because I was scared of using the phone after my 2006 experience. I was scared of knocking on doors. I was scared of, of getting up. I, and I could find every excuse in the book to not execute on what I knew I even had to do that day. Like I had my priority set, knew what I was supposed to do. Then I'd like find other shit to do that wasn't the shit I needed to do. Yep. And that's, and that's, and that's where this, this one came from, whatever that is. Like, that's where that came from. I just had to say it to myself over and over and over again, put it all over my, my rooms, my laptops. And ultimately that became our tagline for the whole company. Right. Yeah. And, um, that's uh, I'd say that's the third piece of advice is shut up and do it and know that every day you wake up, uh, that tug there's, there's the old version of yourself, the, the, the comfortable version of yourself, the conversion that doesn't want you to be that next level. It's doing its best to pull you back into that pit and you've got to fight through it. You've got to fight that guy and kill that guy to become the next better version of yourself. I love that, man. Those are three powerful pieces of advice. Nick Ailerud, you always deliver. And, you, and I, I felt it. You're like, oh, he's going for shut up and do it. I love it. <laughs> So powerful, man. That is I had to put it in somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's already in there. And I know that you're focusing on, on doing a lot right now. When you get a little more free time, that will become your book. Uh, Shut up and do it. And it's, it's going to excel your company on the level that you haven't seen yet. So phenomenal, phenomenal job. Thank you so much for your time today. Nick, until next time, man. We have a Thank choice. you, brother. I always work with the best. <laughs> See you, man. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you, man. Definitely. Do I leave you or you can stop the recording? I'm leaving right now, but this is going to be on the podcast. So awesome. <laughs> Later, man. <laughs>